Hello, everybody, and welcome to Zero Knowledge Hashed Podcast, where we have zero knowledge on zero knowledge proofs, and we won't bother to figure it out in this podcast either. Um, Fia Jeff, since I'm not good enough for you anymore, you brought along a guest. Uh, so why don't you introduce our guest for today? Oh, I have I have no idea who's, who our guest is. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Do you and... know if he likes... Uh... Uh, what was it? Grapefruit or a passion fruit? Passion fruit. Do you like it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like passion fruit, and I got a lot of passion for zero knowledge proofs. <laughs> uh, he's, he apparently is he's in the wrong podcast. Uh, since, since we both don't know who our guest is, we'll just have to ask him to introduce himself, I guess. Um. Yeah. My name is Robin. My middle name is Linus. My last name is Secret, and um, I'm working on zero knowledge proofs for Bitcoin. We are um, like the project is called ZeroSync, and um, we are building a chain state proof of the Bitcoin blockchain so that you can basically sync instantly and uh, run trustless light clients and uh, yeah, all kinds of other applications on top of that. And do do a lot of people care about what you're doing? Um, it's getting more and more, I would say. I think more people care about Nostra, but uh, yeah, I think it's one of the hot topics in the Bitcoin field right now. Not the Are hot you a shitcoiner? If I'm a shitcoiner, I'm a former shitcoiner, yeah. I, uh, oh, that's why. That's why you, you, you like zero knowledge proofs then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay, talk, talk about your shitcoin history. Oh no, my shitcoin history. Yeah, my shitcoin history is awful. Um, well, in 2016, I started building a blockchain just for the sake of it. And um, then uh, that huge hype started and um, people became very interested in it. And um, like with huge hype, I mean like the huge ICO hype and everything. And um, is it yeah. registered on CoinMarketCap? What's the name? I don't want to know. I hate it. Like, no, uh, you, you're gonna have to expose yourself. <laughs> I guess people can find it if they Google me. Um, like the short story is, um, uh, I thought we can take some of the dumb money and turn it into something good. And um, right after the ICO, my my co-founders were like, "Hey, those investors are stupid. Let's just rip them off." And I didn't want to rip them off, so they kicked me out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not rich. <laughs> Yeah, the blockchain, the blockchain still exists. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the mock-up of the blockchain exists, yeah, and they are marketing that mock-up. They they have great uh, great designers and a nice website and like. Yes, I was gonna ask about the website. Are there animations on the website? And how many animations are there on the website? <laughs> yeah, I guess they have great animations on their websites. The tech is super shitty, so uh, they they must have great animations. Yeah, it's good. Like I, I love the ICO age era uh, website. Those were the best. Yeah, for me it was not not very funny. I would say. Yeah. This is a sad topic. We should we should move on. Our guesses. Yeah. <laughs> I can't find anything on, on Google. It's all about this shitty Bitcoin thing and zero knowledge. <laughs> so 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 what's the so what's the problem with uh syncing the chain as it is 
Yeah, well, the chain keeps growing and growing, and it is already 500 gigabytes. And um, in particular, on, on weak devices, like um, most people on the world, they use the internet on mobiles, and it's absolutely impossible to sync a full node on a mobile. And um, yeah, when you proof the chain state instead of um, verifying it, or like when you verify the chain state with a, with a proof, then um, you can do it on a, on a phone and then everybody can run a full node on their phones. I see. Are you going to run a full node on your phone, VHF? Uh, I don't think I will. That, 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 that question got me unguarded. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. Well, yeah. Okay, I think next, at next some point question. all uh, Bitcoin apps will will be uh, running proofs. Maybe, in... but then we still have to download every block. No, you don't. Well, I mean, there is the data availability problem to some degree, of course. But uh, if you download just the latest hundred blocks or so, uh, I think you would be fine, and there would be no data availability problem. No, I mean, I mean, after after you sync from the proof. You have to keep downloading blocks, or maybe you can use the the UTXO stuff. Yeah, there are various ways you can use UTXO. That would be one option, but then you still have to download the blocks. Um, but the other way is that you just um, download a new chain state proof every I don't know ten blocks or something, and then uh, you just ask someone for an inclusion proof for your UTXOs. I see. I see. So, so would you say that um, the the zero knowledge stuff uh, fixed the SPV problem? Yep, of course, yes. Interesting. Because you don't incentivize miners anymore to uh, mine invalid chains because um, a zk client would not believe in in an invalid chain ever. It can only ever believe in invalid chains, and uh, yeah, that's why there is no incentive anymore to uh, try to trick SPV clients. Constant, did you read the stuff I told you to read about ZK coins and the RGB thing? No. <laughs> okay. So ZK tell me about it. It's interesting. I already told you the last episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I went in zero prep. I figured I could do zero prep because. <laughs> You you already got a guest, and I figure it's like you you probably invited him for some reason, so you probably no, have a bunch of questions. I, I, I invited, so I'll just tag him, I invited him so you could do your magic questions and extract valid information from him. Valid ah, okay, okay. So we're so we're screwed. <laughs> well, that's that's not true. So I I did do prep. Uh, the prep I did was that I provided a uh, a, a brute war replay. So we're just gonna watch that one, and then at least we got content. Yeah, I guess yeah. we can do that. Yeah, what what race do you play, Robin? Uh, what race I play? Uh, yeah. I like yeah. the protons usually. Uh, he's a protons really? player, just like you, Phil, Jeff. Yeah, that's sad. I I don't like playing against protons. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same unit, so it's like I don't I I don't have any ways to trick my opponent. I I have to be better. <laughs> <laughs> So when was the last time you played StarCraft? 
probably when I was like, I don't know, 15 or so. <laughs> Long time ago. Did you play StarCraft 2 after that? No. Just Brute War. Or did you even play Brute War or just the yeah, uh, original? I played Brute War, yeah. Oh, okay. No, no one played the original. Brute War came like two months afterwards. Yeah, very quickly. The same year. I think I, I think. played the original yeah. too. Like my you brother had the it. Campaign. Yeah, yeah. Played the campaign. I think I already asked this question, but did you play the campaign in Portuguese, uh, Future? I don't remember. I think I did play it in Portuguese. Yeah. When I, when I bought the game, it was like a promotional edition that was cheaper and came in a small box. I think it was the game was already famous and would probably probably already had the, the Portuguese translation. So uh, you you're you're no longer a shit corner. Uh, would you call yourself a bitcoiner? Yeah, definitely. Why? I hate shit coins. I mean, I've seen shit coins from behind the scenes, right? And uh, I think <laughs> the reality is that shit coins are way worse than bitcoiners think. <laughs> why why don't you talk about this these things like in public like you've seen shady shady stuff happening but normal people don't know about not even the bitcoiners they don't know about the shady stuff they they assume there's some shady stuff happening but they don't hear about the the actual things that happen i mean it's it's pretty much the opposite but, it's like full of lawyers and uh legal stuff and like uh it's it's not engineers and builders it's uh it's the opposite it's uh people trying to do stuff that is like barely legal and uh so that it's hard to sue them for for ripping off people but uh yeah they're just trying to game the legal system i guess that's that's their main job and that's very different than in bitcoin because in bitcoin it's all about building and yeah even if you build halfway decent stuff like I'm doing, then you still get grilled on podcasts like yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be yeah, like <laughs> the peak of your career is, is now. You can only go down. Go down. <laughs> We're going to send the, the maxi mobs on you. Or at least Fiat Jeff is going to because he has a, a Twitter presence. I don't. So. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of a lot of people that follow me. Even though I I tell them to not follow me on Twitter and follow me on Nostra, they still follow me on Twitter. But okay, so that for at least for the uh, for the the audience of uh, I guess three people in total, we're going to have for this episode. Uh, let's 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 put in some effort in explaining what it is you're uh, you're trying to do. Um, no, let's not do that. But people can listen to the. Stefan Libera with podcast through this. Yeah, podcast. let's talk about ZK coins. It's a good idea. ZK coins is much better. ZK coins is the best thing. Okay, talk about it. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you interested in ZK coins, Constant? Um. <laughs> sure. Sure, I'm sure I'm interested. Um, yeah, I don't know where to start. It's um, it's advancing um, RGB and uh, Taro, um, which are token protocols on top of Bitcoin. And um, yeah, the problem with um, I don't know where to start. Um, should, should I explain first how how RGB works? So roughly? why why 
do you remember my explanation from last week constant about RGB and the RGB proposal? I don't understand like what you, you I, didn't explain. I did. The only thing the only thing you talked about the only thing you talked about last week, if I recall, um, was that you no longer have a UT it's a system where you no longer have a UTXO set as it is. Uh, you only uh, create proofs um, uh, like non-inclusion proofs for uh, the specific history of uh, of, the coin of coins. Have. Yeah. yeah, and then you only you only verify the um, the proofs for those specific bitcoins you are interacting with. That's what you that, explained last week. Does that sound something like zk coins, Robbie? That sounds more like zk coins than RGB. Yeah, I mixed the two. I don't understand <laughs> why RGB is not using zero knowledge since they they've been working on this stuff. For many years, didn't they realize they could use your knowledge to make their thing much better? Mm, I think they knew about it, and uh, like I, I talked a bit with Maxim about it, and uh, they, they had it on their mind. But um, and then you got frustrated in the conversation, and you you had an argument, and then you you never talked again anymore. Oh, no, no. Uh, I get along with Maxim, I think. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, they they do use some kind of zero-knowledge proofs. They actually use, like, it's kind of funny because um, everybody says zero-knowledge proofs, but most people just mean validity proofs that are not zero-knowledge. Zero-knowledge is basically a buzzword that uh, swap but it's over a very from... Word. We should yeah, it's... Easy. <laughs> yeah, for for zk coins it's definitely it is actually zero knowledge proofs and maybe it's the first zk project that is actually using the zero knowledge property of zk proofs and not just compression um and yeah they have been using zero knowledge proofs to some degree already because they are using these peterson commitments to have um confidential transactions and um, these confidential transactions, they hide the transaction amount and they also hide um, the asset which, are, which you are transferring. Um, but they do not hide the transaction graphs yet. They, or like they, they, they just can't do that. And um, yeah, with proper proof systems or like with um, universal proof systems, or it's also the wrong word because bulletproofs are also universal, but like um, with these, Proof systems like um, Starks, for example, um, yeah, you can compress lots of data and um, you can compress the entire history of coins into a succinct proof. And that is not possible with um, the bulletproofs that RGB is using. Also, bulletproofs are not very succinct because um, the verification time is linear in the statement size. So, uh, hmm. yeah. So this is this all relates to stuff built on top of Bitcoin, but yes. in uh, ignoring the the practical reality of things, if you if you were to create Bitcoin again, would you yeah. uh, include this type of scheme? Yes, definitely. And... It scales way better. Like um, you can have without any soft fork, you can have about a hundred transactions per second on Bitcoin. Um, unfortunately not BTC transactions because you need some kind of bridge to bridge into that protocol to bridge into ZK coins and back. Yeah. But if you, if you, no, were, but to if you were to build again, Bitcoin it again, yeah. yeah, it that would be great. I think, 
because yeah, you would have better scalability and better privacy. But would you uh, still be able to? So if something were to break, would you know and would you be able to fix it? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, to um, it, it, like the the main problem of zk proofs in general is that um, you cannot easily um, prove the the amount of coins that are in circulation, because yeah, that's just the nature of it. If if all amounts are obfuscated and nobody knows the amounts, then nobody can prove that they sum up to the correct value. And this is a major drawback. And um, even though these schemes are secure from a mathematical perspective, uh, you never know if there's any implementation issue or something. And then uh, yeah, you, you don't know if somebody inflated the supply with some kind of bug. Right. So I think this is a good topic we can, we can address. So um, from what it is that you're saying, or... If you say that you would create Bitcoin, uh, including this stuff, then I would assume you'd say that the global state is a bug, not a feature. Yes. Yes, and I would disagree. <laughs> I would, I, I, because my, because I would say the exact opposite is that the global state is the exact feature of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you need, if you need global state, because like we needed global state, but if you don't need it, you can, if you can get things working without the global state why, yes why? but we just we we just we just addressed that you actually do need global state if you want why? to if you want to ensure that every everything is actually working then you do need global state and if the whole point of bitcoin is is that it's this but if um, the thing is broken it's it's there's no way to fix it right no that's not true i i mean Step one of fixing fixing the thing when it's broken is uh, it's somewhat true, but step one of fixing it when it's broken is that it's clear and obvious for everybody that it's broken. Yeah, but we don't we don't have to fix Bitcoin because it's not broken, and if it was, I think it would be too late to to fix. Um, it's already over. This was a very weird game. I mean, it actually happened in was it two thousand ten. Or eleven, I think it was two thousand and ten. So it was fairly, fairly early on. What happened? You know, the, was an inflation uh, bug? Yeah. So there was uh, a bug. So there was uh, a bug in the system. Was, even two thousand eighteen was there was an inflation bug. Yeah, but it wasn't actually exploited. So no. Uh, they found a bug, but it it wasn't actually there. And in this case, yeah. there uh, the bug was actually uh, running. And if oh, I recall okay. correctly, it was, it was, um, I think it was actually the, there's a, a Dutch broker here, uh, Bitonic, and they, they, f uh, found out that something was wrong, uh, and they were able to then fairly quickly fix it. Well, I think people had to, like, they talked about it on an IRC channel and they agreed to move to the other chain, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But you know that was early days, so it was it was fairly easy to to do to then still do that stuff. Um, but my, I guess, the point is is that what is the what is what is the po main point of Bitcoin? Uh, well, the main point is Bitcoin is to uh, to know that your money's real. Right. That's the function of the system. That's true. Yeah. 
So, but there is a little bit more going along with that because it's not just for those like grand grand mathematical wizards to know that their that their money is real. Um, it it's really for like most people to know that their money is real. So because it's mostly it's it's a it's a political there is a geopolitical or political dimension to Bitcoin, which is actually mm -hmm. the point of the system that yes. anybody uh, it makes sense that there is a reason for every, anybody to join the system because of these uh, um, um, features, right? And I, I would say that if you don't no longer have this global state, that would actually undermine this. Um, yeah, to some degree, that's that's true indeed. Um, the, I would say the issue is that um, either you have scalability or you have perfect um, audibility. Correct. But, but the point is Bitcoin doesn't scale, so stop trying to make it scale. Um, I feel like this is not very satisfying. I, I want Bitcoin to scale. <laughs> 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 you're yelling against the wind you're you're beating rocks no no i'm, I'm i mean i'm being a little bit facetious but uh, yeah it's, like in in principle it's like the the thing doesn't scale so i mean it's interesting if you can apply it on other layers uh for certain um but that's the reason why i asked that if you if you were to rebuild bitcoin uh uh which you implemented so we, we now uncovered the fact that you are still, in fact, a shitcoiner. So. <laughs> uh, maybe if that's the definition. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not scamming people anymore with like investments. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But if, so you, if, if, you, if, if, if you're doing this, then we don't even know if you're scamming people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least I'm not selling them investments, right? Okay. So, how much money did the ICO uh, uh, collect? <laughs> Stop asking about that. <laughs> um, I think at the time of closing, it was uh, eleven million dollars. That's reasonable. It's not. It's not a. I mean, at the time, certainly at the time, there were uh, plenty of bigger ones, but yeah. Oh. And we were good. quite legit to some degree. We had like crypto PhDs and like, uh, I think oh, Wavepanda Wave was endorsing us. And uh, really? It was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can cut that out. He definitely unfollowed the, the shitcoin project at some point. So uh, he, he's <laughs> not endorsing it anymore. But I do say, I, I do think the the uh, the UTXO set commitments uh, stuff is is at least interesting because also I mean you it's a it's a choice right it's optional yes if I understand correct yeah okay that's cool I'm I'm cool with that who who would who who would include that is that would does that rely on the miner to do that or is no it that's the cool thing any that's transaction cool thing or about CKPs because you can uh, augment the chain with basically any data structure that you can derive from the blockchain data. So uh, you, you, you compute that tree inside of that proof. And then 
the result of the proof is basically the the, the UTXO root, and uh, the proof proves to you that that root is correct, and it requires no soft fork or whatsoever. It's just, but nothing just... has to, but nothing has to be declared inside the block itself. No. Okay, so everything can go via uh, side channels. Yes. It's yeah. basically like running running a node, and that node computes some kind of tree, and then at the end it proves to you that all the computation was correct. So, have you seen these? What do you think about this? I, I wanted to ask this mempool accelerator thing from mempool.space. Have you seen that? You mean like that? Uh, with anything that you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you, you mean I can I can pay a miner with my credit card to include my transaction or so, right? That, that is the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's not live yet, right? I was trying to... I mean... It's kind of similar to replace by fee because um, people are already doing it. Like for example, when 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 Burak when he broke LND, he just contacted a miner and and asked him to include his transaction. So people are already doing that to some degree, and um, it also makes some sense from the network perspective because why should all nodes broadcast all transactions to everyone all the time um, that is not mm. necessary it's it would be okay if we ju would just send them to to miners but it's a slippery slope of course because the more you think it into the future the the more censorship would be possible if if that was the only way to include transactions and the current way is much nicer because it's very yeah, decentralized and it can be very anonymous i think another factor would be uh, fee estimation so we it's so it's so it's censorship so. censorship and fee estimation i think those are the two factors that that play along or at least are the reasoning for uh um having the type of backbone uh p2p network backbone that we have right now you could estimate the fees from from blocks, I think. So Which instead of looking at the mempool, just looking yeah. at the past. Yeah. Yeah, the the last block. Or the last ten blocks. Um, I guess that's reasonable, or at least it sounds reasonable. I have to think about it. But... <laughs> yeah. I think fee estimation would not be that huge of a problem, but yeah, the the, the censorship resistance, uh, yeah, that would suffer, I guess, when when that was the main way to get transaction into blocks. This acceleration thing would it actually because the um, you you approach it from the reasoning as to like a negative reasoning as to why would we broadcast all these transactions as a normal node, but I would. I would approach it from the other direction of the miner that it's actually in their it's it, it their incentive is to scour like the internet to find any transaction that they can get yeah um and if that is the case then how big is the censorship problem really because the internet itself is already uh censorship resistant so um 
wouldn't wouldn't miners be able to be uh, uh, able to to advertise themselves properly? Yeah, of course. But um, do you, as a user, find the ones that don't censor you? Is the question, I guess, because there will be big miners who will be good at advertising themselves, and everybody would know about them. But what if they censor you? Then you have to find other miners that don't censor you. And uh... but you just have to find them all, right? Why do why, you don't care about any particular miner? So you just find any mine, all the miners. Yeah, I mean, you you have to get your transaction to them to to those miners who don't censor you. And um... no, you just yeah, you just have to get your transaction to every miner you can find and hope that one of one of them at least doesn't censor you. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Which is what already was happening. But I think the other day, a... the other day, somebody posted on Twitter a transaction that paid, uh, I think, a hundred V bytes or so, uh, and um, uh, sorry, a hundred sats per V byte, and um, nobody took that transaction. I think he he had to increase it to a, a thousand V byte per a thousand bit. Uh, sorry, a thousand sats per V byte. Um, until somebody took it from Twitter. So was that was that was that person Craig White or something or <laughs> no. just some random dude on Twitter. Um, but I, I feel like that shows that miners are not desperate for for finding transactions on the internet yet. So I'm oh, so it sure was it it, it, it it was a test. He didn't actually. Yeah. He, he, ah, okay. So he only put it on Twitter to see if if someone yeah, yeah. would actually take it. Ah, I see. To basically test your hypothesis that miners are desperate for transactions and that they scan the internet to to find the most juicy transactions that are posted on I don't know Nostra or something. Yeah, that that reminds me of some relative I had that once asked me if I had seen her on the internet because she was on the internet. And she knew <laughs> I. <laughs> I use it to visit the internet. <laughs> um. So the uh, fuck. What was it? What I was gonna say. Okay, I forgot. This normally happens to Fiat Jeff, but now it's now it's me. Oh, I I I forgot everything I had thought about. This oh, that's great. Oh, what I remember. Uh, so, the 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 thing where you can pay to get your transaction included is actually very old. I don't recall which pool it was, but it 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 has existed for many years now already. Yeah, and many people who are doing experiments with um, Bitcoin transactions, they they are using such services. Mm -hmm. I think also super tested to break ordinals. No, also to break ordinals. Break what? Break ordinals, like the the inscription thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did, yeah. but I think he knew someone, and then he he talked to someone who talked to someone who got the, the transaction. Man, it wasn't an yeah. automatic no process. Yeah, no, no. I guess also the automatic processes they would only uh, accept standard transactions probably, and his transaction was non-standard because it required. A transaction that uh, yeah has that was spending a zero um, sats output and it paid zero fees. The fact that ordinals is broken, did you know that, Constant? 
the originals is broken. Nope. Like, tell tell what, me about what, it. I, I don't oh. know the details, but I think they all they had to do was to give a number to each Satoshi and identify each Satoshi. But then they had bugs in the software such that some Satoshis don't have numbers. So some ah. Satoshis do not get, do, are not counted. And, <laughs> and they can't go, go back and renumber those because that would affect everything that happened afterwards and all the inscriptions that people bought would change owners. owners so. <laughs> oh no, their, their arbitrary naming scheme has failed. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. No, those, they should fix it, and all the people that that bought they, into it. They fixed it, it already. Oh, okay, that's good. No, I think I think I, I I don't know about that one, but I think like bugs that affected the states in the past, they 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 kept. I saw one statement from the original master. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, so they, so they kept the ones, so they kept the bug for all the sets that have been mined already, and they only do it for the new ones. I don't know if it, I don't think it's the super testnet bug. I think it was some bug that happened sometime many many blocks be before Ordinals was launched. So something in the software caused some satoshis to not be counted, hmm. and, and they they found found out that afterwards and didn't fix. Yeah, they they fix it for the future, but they the satoshis kept keep the ownership. At least so, the client is not breaking anymore. Like they, they crashed the client, or like Super Testnet crashed the the, the website. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do think it's funny that the this like this this very neat arbitrary naming scheme now has some legacy bullshit that you have to be buck for buck compliant in order to. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so funny. <laughs> you think you think it's like because that that's that's a part that really sucks in Bitcoin, and and you figure it's like well if you if you're able to do it now then we probably don't have those issues anymore. But I I think this is proof of the fact that you it's unavoidable to some extent. Yeah, they're even using Rust, which was supposed to be a language that has no bugs ever. <laughs> well, if you implement bullshit with Rust, it's still bullshit, right? <laughs> but there, um, there are other bugs in Ordinals. Like um, you can you can front run everyone. Like if somebody inscribes their rare people or whatever, uh, you can just front run them if you see their transaction in the mempool, and then As inscribe it. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah, true, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then you inscribe it before they inscribe it, and <laughs> you claim that they are stealing your 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 incredibly valuable NFT. But that's the that's that's like the whole whole MEV issue thing. Why yep. these things don't work yep. on a blockchain? Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, I, I I really don't like. I I sort of understand, but for some reason, I just don't understand why people still bother doing it. I, it just has to be that it preys on the ignorance of this fact, right? I really wonder if there are that many stupid people, because it has so much traction, and it just doesn't feel, it just it just doesn't feel organic to me. 
because what it's it's a bull market and still people are wasting so much money on this stupidity i mean i can see that there are some people wasting stupid money on that but i don't know maybe i'm just too too romantic and think that people are not that stupid <laughs> well, they're, they're preying on the fact that there are enough stupid people to uh, make up for it in the future everybody's doing that yes that's no the one entire... is actually stupid <laughs> everybody's very smart no but is, is any, does anyone want the the things by I for themselves no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean there's not a huge market it's probably it's certainly not liquid like uh, there is no liquidity in the market nobody is buying these nonsensical things no or do you personally know anybody who bought like an ape or something? Not an ape, but I, I, I know some people that bought stuff. Really, like they were just, they just bought it in order okay. to share it later. Wow. So, okay. Like from a historical perspective, it's interesting to at least, cause I can, I can imagine that, uh, in many, many years, if if you're like studying Bitcoin, you can, you can just see this, this bullshit coming along. Right. <laughs> and they're going to be, if you're, if you're studying in art history, you're going to have like classes on the, the bullshit that was posted on fucking blockchains. <laughs> but that's basically it. It's like some anthropological, uh, exercise on studying the retardation of, uh, of society manifested in the manifested and 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 ossified in the in the bitcoin blockchain something like that you mean like these uh how, how are they called rye or so these uh huge stone discs that people used uh, as money oh the those are yep i, I think right yep yep i hear yeah. that story so much i i'm inclined to think it's a scam fake news something like that what did you say future i hear that story about this stone so much that i that I, i'm starting to think it's a, scam. <laughs> it's a it's a complete myth nothing yeah. didn't actually happen somebody <laughs> just made it up and then everyone was, oh that's a good story we're gonna that run happened. with it <laughs> that's great yeah yeah history of money yeah it all started with stones man we're like people smoking weed. It's like, yeah, no, it wasn't gold. It was stones, man. You had this big stone and, you know, then somebody tried to move the stone and then it ended up in the water. You know, it didn't matter, man, because, you know, it was a very big stone in the water and everybody knew about the stone in the water. So it was still cool, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're probably I'll right. Take, I'll take that part as an except. To, to promote this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna use my stoner impression yeah okay so let's let's turn this into a shitcoin podcast what else can we use zero knowledge proof for um yeah can you like... can you use can you lose, use like can you make a for example, an Oscar event, and you take that event, and then you modify it, and you make a zero-knowledge proof, proving that your modification 
followed some rules. Like you, you, you cut only the, the first paragraph of text. And the signature is still valid for some reason because it, there was a signature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a real question. Can you do something like that? Um, in general, zero knowledge proofs are universal. That means they can compute any computable function. And um, so the function would be just remove everything except the first paragraph. Yeah. And you can prove that you did that. So the yes. signature is still valid. Yeah, Kinda. you can easily do that, yes. Yeah, you, wow. you could take the, the existing signature and then remove some, some data from the, the, the node. And then, um, sorry, there's somebody knocking on the door. Um, sorry, no, later. Yeah, but that's not, that's yeah, not very I'm useful, I guess. Somebody's going to perform a, a, a $5 wrench attack on uh, on our guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I started talking. So no one would go. <laughs> this is all an elaborate op to rob you of your Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, let's take a step back and, and, and uh, can you try to give like a general explanation of what zero knowledge proof actually is um yeah like they were invented for privacy purposes that um the the idea was that you can um prove stuff on encrypted data basically um i think that the most tangible idea is um what rgb is doing um confidential transactions so you, you're, you, you're obfuscating the transaction amount and uh, now you have to prove that your amount is not negative because nobody wants you to send negative amounts. And um, so you can use a zero knowledge proof to prove in zero knowledge that your amount is positive without revealing anything about the amount other than that it is positive. Okay, and it would only affect other people if it were actually negative. So yeah. then, that for all the other people not in, not part of what the transaction is or the 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 actions going on, the the proof that the the amount is not negative would be sufficient. Yes. Okay, I see. All right. And um, this is what they have originally been been invented for. But then people figured out other schemes and then they realized that they have great compression capabilities. And that is why they became such a big buzzword in, in the shitcoin field. And um, yeah, they allow you to take basically infinite amounts of computation, like for example, the entire blockchain, and then you verify the entire blockchain in a huge computation. And then at the end, you get a very succinct receipt that proves that the entire computation was correct. And yeah, this is very magical because yeah, you can basically prove infinite amounts of computation in, in a very succinct constant size proof. How long does it take to make the proof? Yes. And there's a huge asymmetry here because um, generating the proof is very expensive, but verifying the proof is very cheap. But how, how, how much expensive? 
Well, it depends a lot on the statement, of course. Um, when we're talking about the Bitcoin blockchain, um, the initial catch-up will be very expensive. We, we assume that it will cost about like $10,000 or something on uh, very beefy hardware, probably even ASICs or so, or like FPGAs. But once that initial catch-up is done and we have proven the existing 800,000 blocks, then uh, extending the, that chain proof with the next block is much cheaper. And um, we, yeah, we, we, we want to have a distributed um, proofing system so that people can just um, participate in that and that we are not a central point of failure. And um, then, but then uh, would it would it be like nested? So you have like the proof for the first uh, 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 so many blocks, and then yes. when another block comes, it's just like the proof of that the combination of those two, of exactly. like the first blob of the first bunch of blocks, and then that other block, those two combined, is actually yeah. valid. And then you do yeah, the same thing over and over and over again. It's called recursive proofs. So you verify a proof in a proof. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and you extend the chain proof by verifying the previous chain proof and adding a new block proof to it. And yeah, combine, combining the previous chain proof with a current block proof gives you the next chain proof. Is this exactly what that shitcoin Mina is doing? I've seen this shitcoin called Mina. Have you seen that? Yes. I think this is the, their entire, their entire sales pitch. Yes. Is that you, you you do that, and then you can now yes. you can do that on Bitcoin. Yes, very exactly. easily. You just need a million dollars, and <laughs> which well, more, well, not which a million dollars, but one hundred million dollars. Yeah, not a no, not a million dollars. Like uh, I would say, ten k is enough, or maybe twenty k or so. We haven't done it yet, so uh, I'm just guessing into the blue, but. But this is uh, this is assuming you're you're renting a cluster somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You could you could also do it on your on your phone or your old laptop. <laughs> yes, it would just take more time, I guess. Yeah, I have exactly, I have an FPGA yeah. I have an FPGA lying around here. Maybe we can use that one. Uh, just here before that talk, I uh, had a call with someone from Intel, and uh, they have new FPGAs, so they would like us to use them. Interesting. So you should announce that Intel will invest in Bitcoin or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Breaking, <laughs> breaking. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should not make any big announcement here. Uh, it's, no, it's you already a... said it. Breaking news. Uh, Intel, Intel is discussing with uh, Bitcoin CEO on uh, investing in zero knowledge groups. Yes. We're going to the moon, boys. Bitcoin 2.0. Institution is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I have to make a disclaimer they, they they just offered us to use some of their FPGAs on, on their cloud so they are not investing anything in Bitcoin or something so they're they using their FPGAs to mine Bitcoin? That's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah the corporations yeah. are coming <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Weren't they gonna F make what, what, is, what is an FPGA? FPGA is something about gold. Field programmable yeah. gate array. It's like a transistor Lego. Yeah. What, what, it's I almost like a... an ASIC. It's like an ASIC that you can. It's build programmable. By hand. Progra it's programmable hardware. Yeah. I see. I see. 
Yeah, but I, I was talking about PGA actually. Professional golf. <laughs> <laughs> Professional Golfers Association, maybe. Ah, okay. And do do the professional golfers like uh, passion fruit or? Uh, I think they're investing not? in Bitcoin now. Yeah. Ah, okay. And they use Bitcoin instead of the golf balls. They will slap Bitcoin <laughs> in the hole. Yeah. And then they use zero knowledge proof to uh, to prove that the, they actually did the eighteen <laughs> holes or what? Yeah. Each each golfist can play alone. No one needs to watch. And then they just prove afterwards that they they made some points. See, I found a new a new use case for zero knowledge proofs. <laughs> Gonna make a blockchain for it and be rich. So, um, so what do you what think? Is... We... Okay, let's okay. go ahead. Go ahead, feature. Okay, my question is much better. What do you think? Do you think it would help? To get any private merged on, on Bitcoin Core, if we offered some money to someone to go there and do it, <laughs> you want to offer money to to get any private merged? Yeah, I offer money, so someone will step up, step up, take the money, and spend a year of their life uh, opening up pull requests and addressing comments and dealing with all, everybody that will shit on that person. <laughs> and finally get it merged. Is that is that a strategy that could work or what's the, the better the best strategy? I have a better alternative. So what you do is you you set a bounty where in which you promise to burn like a million Bitcoin if any prep out gets included. <laughs> then everybody will be Exactly. <laughs> but a million Bitcoin that's way too much money. It still w wouldn't make any difference, any notable, noticeable difference to every, to anyone. So. Well, if really, you, you don't think so? I don't Burning think so. like close to five percent of the supply? I don't know. You could do something way worse. You could you could basically blackmail the community into activating it because you could have just um, you, you take your output with a million uh, Bitcoin and then uh, you make it um, anyone can spend output that uh, can be spent in like, let's say a year or so. And um, you can take it back if APO gets activated, but if APO gets not activated, then you just leave it there and then it will completely mess up minor incentives because all miners will forever uh, be incentivized <laughs> to, to, to rewrite them. Yeah, but just get an endless reorg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, but I don't think you can do that with soft forks. I think you can do it uh, because because the soft forks, like if you use the rule uh, and the soft fork is not in place, then it's automatically anyone can spend. So you you're actually doing the the opposite, right? No, no, I meant like you you use it as to to blackmail the entire community. That you you are like, hey, I will completely mess up Bitcoin with my. Oh one yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think I don't think anyone will understand that until it happens. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, don't... I also, 
I don't think we actually uh, got to. So why are why are you a Bitcoiner? Um, yeah, I think money is absolutely fundamental to society or like the design of the monetary system is absolutely fundamental to society. And I think, uh, the current monetary systems are scams. And, um, I think all people that are like, uh, suffer from that in one way or the, or the other, even if they don't know about it, but, uh, everybody gets ripped off. And I think the best thing I can do with my precious lifetime is to help improve this situation. And uh, that's why I work on Bitcoin. Okay. That checks out, right? Um, and uh, why, why Bitcoin? Why not something else? Um, <laughs> the rest are scams, I think. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen it from, from the inside, what it is when there is like a founder's team behind it that try to convince others that their coin has value, even though it's just a shit coin. And um, I don't see anything that, that convinces me. I, I just see companies like Ethereum and stuff. And I think it, it doesn't matter if it's the company Ethereum or the company uh, Federal Reserve Bank or so, it, it's just the same stuff. And uh, Bitcoin is very different because Bitcoin is very decentralized as far as I can tell. And do you, uh, what odds would you put on uh, Bitcoin actually succeeding? Oh, very low. Very low, unfortunately. I think um, the propaganda is very strong. Most people think it's something shady that it's just used to like buy drugs on the internet or like uh, uh, tax oh, evasion or whatever. Okay, so you, um, oh, that's an interesting answer. So, but then uh, to combine that question with time scale, so would you then say that the odds of Bitcoin succeeding increase over time? No. I think they decrease a lot. I okay. think um, if we don't if we don't scale Bitcoin to be used widely within this decade, I think uh, it will be unusable very quickly. Like I, I think as soon as CBDCs are the dominant currency, uh, you will just not be able to buy Bitcoin anymore. You will be able to buy paper Bitcoin and stuff, but you will not mm -hmm. be able to buy Bitcoin with CBDCs. I think. Maybe not initially, but uh, uh, very quickly, like within years, um, you will not be able to buy Bitcoin anymore, I think. I, I'm from Germany and uh, the, the president of the European Central Bank, she, she said it very clearly. She said Bitcoin is a problem because it would allow people to escape from the bullshit that they want yep. to do with uh, yep, CBDCs. Yep. And they have to close the, the escape routes. And she yes. said that very clearly. She 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 even used that word. She has she said we have to close the escape routes because otherwise we cannot have negative interest rates and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I think like many people think the government is is just stupid and incompetent, but I don't think so at all. I think they are very incompetent at uh, delivering what they are promising to people, but I think they are very competent at ripping off people and. Uh, I think they they have very competent people working on that stuff 
both on the technical side and on the psychological side of, of selling this slave coins to people. And I think most people will just take the slave coins and will be happy with it and eat the bucks. So what, what, what would, what would be uh, necessary for uh, Bitcoin to actually defeat this uh, upcoming uh, uh, financial panopticon? I see three things. Um, first of all, scalability. The second is um, usability. And the third is marketing. Okay, so let's start with the first, uh, sorry, the last one, marketing. Um, yeah. <coughs> What 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 were what would your ideas be, ideas be there? Because it's something you it's very hard to coordinate, right? There are no budgets, uh, etc. Yeah, so everybody's just doing their own thing. Um, what what are your ideas there? Um, shouldn't these now like these efforts that people do to uh, promote Bitcoin like the like Jack Dorsey gives money to, to Bitcoin. It's like everything is spent on worthless open source projects that in 99% of the case, no one is going to use. Shouldn't these people just make some, some companies try to do things that will, that will move Bitcoin closer to people to real, real world, real world use cases or instead of just making wallets like if everybody's making wallets and and just but how, like uh, how are you going to bring bitcoin closer to people if not via wallets no you you create something that is something that people want and then you sell that in exchange for bitcoins and like you make it make a company Ah, you ice just cream. mean like make a like make an ice cream company and then say yes, we're just exactly. gonna sell the ice cream for an ice price. cream that has the best ice cream and they sell the ice creams for a very cheap price, but only accept Bitcoin. And then you 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 can afford some losses because you have money that would otherwise have gone to the pockets of worthless developers making wallets. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, I know I you guess. agree with me. <laughs> um, so what's your then, ice cream expertise? Okay, so but then we're then we're moving to the second one, which was, was I think usability, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I think it has to yeah, be really easy. Like, um, I see with myself, I would say like I'm very used to using complex software and everything. But still, when I use my online banking and when it's doing quirky stuff, then it always creates huge stress and uh, it's a very unpleasant feeling. And um, I think um, when people deal with Bitcoin, it's orders of magnitudes harder. And um, the more complexity there is, the more uh, fear there is. Um, there's a nice book about this. It's called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. It's mm -hmm. written by um a psychologist who got a Nobel prize for economics of course Nobel prize for economics doesn't mean much because paul krugman has one too but um <laughs> um and it's not it's, a Nobel prize it's a whatever bank of sweden everybody says that all the time okay go on yeah but like the main ideas in his book is um 
that our brains have two systems, the system one and system two. And system one is like the archaical system. It's um, very old and we have it in common with like lizards and everything, the lizard brain. And uh, on top of that, there's uh, the neocortex that is, um, yeah, that can do the, the, the complex stuff. So we have two systems. One is very fast and uh, dumb, and the other one is very slow but smart. And um, the fast but dumb system, it takes over whenever, um, uh, yeah, whenever there is fight or flight um, situations, and um, we are programmed by evolution such that. Like during the times that we lived in the jungles, uh, when, when we heard something in the bushes, it was a good idea to just run and not think too much about it and not have a philosophical discussion if there could be a tiger or not. Uh, the, the, the system one just quickly made the decision, hey, I, uh, I induce fear into the, into the brain and uh, I will tell it to just run. And... Um, that was a good heuristic that uh, made us survive and um, this programming is still uh, is still active up to today and um, when people are interacting with products and in particular also financial products because financial products are linked to like food and survival and everything then um, this system is also very active and when there is too much complexity then we get fear and we get even fear of, of death in the end. We, we fear that one of our most, uh, most needed resources, uh, that we lose one of our most needed resources. And um, then people become very irrational to the degree that they are just like, oh, I don't want to deal with Bitcoin at all because it creates this negative feeling in me. But, and, um, but, but yeah. what if, what if all the, what if the, all the tigers are aggressive because they're frustrated about the fact that nobody wants to have a philosophical discussion with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the only issue. Maybe we should just talk to the tigers and right. we could iron it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, have you read that book from Julian James, uh, the region of consciousness, consciousness from the breakdown of the bicameral mind, something like that. Uh, uh, no, I, don't I think I think the thesis of the book is that the the ancient man didn't have consciousness. He only have he only heard voices in his head, and these were the the voices of the gods. But it was actually the voices of his his brain was separate in two parts, and uh -huh. one side communicated to the other side using uh, human speech. And these were the voices of God that people listen to. And the guy, like, he gives example from the, the Iliad and stuff like that. And he says that consciousness happened when, after man became accustomed to using language, the, the two parts of the mind merged. And then the part that, that part that represented the gods became what we know as consciousness. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, before huh? before we're before we're ending up into some kind of uh, uh, psychological book club, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> I also read this very interesting book. Like the plot is, it, there is this ring, 
and it's like an all powerful <laughs> ring, and everybody wants to have the ring. Tell me more. <laughs> How many rings did they, they, they made? Well, there there were a bunch of rings, but they 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 were all in this control of this one ring. Um, no, uh, so you. Okay, so that's the, the things. Things need to be. Uh, I'm I'm totally going to black pill and depression. Depress you after this, even though I can't, because you already said that you think the odds of Bitcoin succeeding are very low. Um, so it needs to be more user friendly. Uh, okay, I get Simplicity that. Simplicity is key. Like, yeah, Apple yeah. is the most valuable company in the world, or used to be the most valuable company in the world because their products are so damn simple to use. And I, I, I don't, I like, apparently everybody says that, but every time I'm interfacing with an Apple product, it feels like absolute rape. Yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> okay, I have yeah. no fucking clue what's going on, what I'm supposed to do. It's just like what? Oh, but it's so intuitive. It's like ah. Anyway, I think, um, I think what people use to they call it intuitive, and they say it's easy because they use to. Um, and the first one well, was uh, so we had marketing, uh, uh, usability, and okay, and scalability. Yes. It okay, really so, scale. yes, so we, we, we can conclude that Bitcoin doesn't scale. Um, <laughs> it uses this th these public-private key things, which, you know, it's nice, but it's an absolute fucking nightmare. And key management is just hard. And it's oh, a, yeah. it has a very high threshold for, uh, uh, for responsibility. Um, we can make all these kind of schemes and fancy systems maybe on top later, eventually, somehow. Uh, but the bottom line is still is like if you lost the thing, you you're fucked. Um, uh, so it's never going to be easy and convenient from that perspective. Uh, maybe the layers that we build on top of it eventually. Yeah, but that's still, still much better than having to run a lightning node. Right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And like, there's no coordination in marketing, so we are stuck with all the fucking morons on Twitter that have all these weird ideas on what Bitcoin is and they create false promises and then people have the wrong expectations on Bitcoin and then there is a fee spike and then everything breaks and everybody is frantically confused because they don't like, why isn't this the thing that I thought the thing was? Uh, and then we're going to have a scuffle. So yeah, it's uh, the, three, the, the three things that you identified that I think are fair. Like if you say like this Bitcoin needs to succeed. What's like the solution? I don't want to hear about the problem. <laughs> what what can we do? I I accept what? just accept that it's not going to be like approach it from the other direction. People 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 approach it from like we're going to unbank the bank or we're going to bank the unbanked and like all the poor people in the global south and like all these poor people and whatever. It's like no, just approach it from the complete opposite direction. Is like can the elites of the world use Bitcoin? Can states of the world use Bitcoin? Probably yes, right? I'm not really worried about them being able to use it. they're not interested in using that. They're not interested in using that. Oh, I, 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 I disagree. Uh, I disagree. I think there is, uh, there is geopolitical game theory for them to actually use it. Um, and I think that's something we are seeing played out and uh and i mean it's not certain but the the hypothesis at least is there is that if you have so the hypothesis is that uh, a large 
uh, reason for the incentive for power is sovereignty, which basically just means like I need power in order to ensure that others with power can't fuck with me. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. That's a large part for the motivation for power. It's not not everything, but it's a large part of it. And neutrality actually gives exactly the same thing, because even though you don't have power, you're still ensured that others don't have power over you anyway. So that's something that Bitcoin provides. So it's uh, and then uh, so from a geopolitical spec perspective, that's something that the gold standard provided. Yes, but it, it failed. Yes, because there are all because there are other reasons. Because gold is very cumbersome. It's like from a monetary perspective, just reducing it to information is yeah, far, but that's far not, superior. That that argument uh, that was not why the gold standard was abandoned. It was abandoned because the states are uh, very bad and evil. Yeah, and the argument that people use that saying that Bitcoin will will succeed while gold didn't are because people can hold their own bitcoins and the people couldn't hold their own gold so that made it made it much easier for the state to to take the gold yes but the states are still using gold central banks they, still own gold central banks yeah, they still just own the gold. gold but they don't use it for many things they don't use yes, it for but they're else. still using it yeah but it, it it helps us nothing that they're using it in the way they are using it no, Did but it's screwed it, anyway. It, we have giant yes, inflation. Okay. Yes, yes, Mr. Fiat Jeff. But it would help us if they would use if they would use Bitcoin for the in the exact same way that would still help us. It wouldn't because help us. Because we're also because able would, to use Bitcoin. No, because they would put the C B D C stuff on us and they will hold Bitcoin on their banks, on their, their vaults and Yes, but then that still allows me to have Bitcoin and use it. It doesn't. It doesn't because you can't do anything with that Bitcoin. You can only buy it through illegal means and you become a pariah if you do it. Because Bitcoin is not the money. Bitcoin is just some some crazy shiny thing that you No, that's just want. saying it doesn't help it doesn't help enough people for your liking, apparently, in enough places in uh, during well, I can time. Buy, I can buy gold today, but it help, helps me nothing to buy gold. I still have to use Right, because the utility money. of gold itself, because the monetary utility or the financial utility of gold sucks, because yeah, you need be you need same. third parties to use it in it. Like you, no, you, that's not why need... it sucks. It sucks because no one accepts it. No one wants it. But the thing yeah. is, is that you okay? But let's say that there is somebody at the other side of the world that does accept gold. You can't reach that person. Yeah, but whatever. There are a lot of people that want. I can't reach Bitcoin, them with Bitcoin. I, I can't buy anything that I use day to day with Bitcoin. And people that pay me money, they don't pay, pay me Bitcoin. And again, so now you're still again. So this prices are not paid in Bitcoin. You're approaching it from the. You're approaching this from from this perspective. My point is, let's approach it from the other side. Yeah, but I, I, what I'm saying is that we need this side, or the other the, the other side is useless. I don't disagree necessarily. Okay, I don't necessarily disagree although i would say that it's inherent to bitcoin that it level there is there is no inherent hierarchy it's like as long as you're like on chain everybody's fucking equal right so it doesn't matter if you're a state or just some ind individual in a hole somewhere um so that's the difference between gold and, and bitcoin uh in that regard but it wasn't actually done so it's like 
does it work if we have this spectrum of like elites and states and big corporations and uh uh moving from think, the scale all the way to, to like poor people in africa what what do you say i think criminals are the our best chance criminals, yeah, well, and... criminals are, are are on that on that spectrum i guess um but the point here is is that you you I think it's more important to 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 see like does it actually uh, is it actually viable for the the left side of the uh, of the spectrum right the high end let's say and then we can and then we can have optimism and hope in relation to how far we can push it to the right side of the spectrum but if we're going to make demands or expectations of the system in relation to the right side of the spectrum first you're just going to set yourself up for disappointment like oh, Bitcoin I... needs to scale. Fuck you, Bitcoin doesn't. Bitcoin doesn't scale, and it doesn't <laughs> need to scale. In order to... Just it... just put drive chain there, and this is good. <laughs> you make a drive chain, you make a zk coins side chain, and then you have infinite scalability. Yes, Probably that's just, all. Just that's all. That's all. That's all very good, good and hopeful, and 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 uh, to push it to the right side of the scale. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Well, if you if you show me some evidence that there is someone on the left side willing to 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 want Bitcoin to like I don't Bitcoin. want to say El Salvador, but I'm going to say El Salvador. <laughs> El Salvador is the is the left side. El well, it is, is a side. country. It is it is like it is a guy who got to the to the to the yes, presidency it's, it's against everything against the entire elite of the country. He just got voted in and and started doing crazy crazy stuff yes yeah that's not the, that's not the right side the right side is the world bank or whatever these, oh it's these, like these bureaucrats as... these, these long-lived politicians that no, that's just those are just factions power. those are factions within the left side within and the, the whole right point is, is that it's not going to be adopted in the center of the uh, of the power structures first it's going to be adopted in the margins and El Salvador is one of the one of those marginal places. That guy will be killed like any day, and they they will revert all his policies. He has no power. He, like he has the the entire power of the state because he's. I don't know how he he made that, but he he has no actual support in the elites. He got so, there by luck. So so, and, what is your argument here? Is that in in the the 13 14 the, the mere 13 14 years that this thing exists it only has el salvador <laughs> is, is that is that the point that you're making or what is actually the point that you're, you're sounding like a maximalist <laughs> okay okay I'll, I'll stop i'll stop arguing i don't know i don't have anything else to say but <laughs> No, it's like my, 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 my point is just like, like I, I, I've in, to the extent I had any idealism, I don't try to be idealistic in relation to Bitcoin. I try to be very, very pragmatic and realistic as to what's going on, what actually is this thing and, uh, how will it interface with the world and, um, uh, what I see on the for the most part it's like on the bitcoin twitter and the narratives going on they are very hopeful and optimistic and i'm there and 
if you ask me, they are setting up the wrong expectations. It's just Roger Veer, Bitcoin is uh, uh, free and the transactions are free and instant and private all over again. It's the same bullshit over and over again. It's just like slightly different narratives on slightly different domains. But it's every single time people try to push the the nice fairy tale story and then they bump their nose uh, because it's not true. Uh, and then they're disappointed and frustrated or whatever. And I don't actually think it's like maybe it's helpful. Uh, I certainly think it's unavoidable because like this is the this is the stuff that sells, right? It's like the it's it, it's shitcoin esque. People people justify it just by the fact that it's that they're doing it within the Bitcoin let's, world. Let's just cut this part. It's too depressing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you convince me that that. All the hope I have is is, is not is not it's like it's all false. Uh, I will, I'll just stop doing anything about Bitcoin and we'll do something. Else. Okay, that's not good. That's not good either. It's like okay, but, but like my point is that you have to to fight the fight anyway. But I I I think you can only have an effective fight if you if you are 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 honest. If if Robin is listening to your to your depressive depressing discourse right now <laughs> like i think zero sync is just being is going to be canceled tomorrow and he's breaking going to move. all bitcoiners <laughs> committing mass suicide after podcast <laughs> <laughs> he'll move to the north of uh, uh norway and live along with our audio producer <laughs> <laughs> well i definitely think that the the meme of Bitcoin has already won. That that, that meme is harming. Uh, it's not. It's not a good one. It's uh. It's, yeah. yeah. It lures Bitcoin people has... into. Sorry. Yeah, but I think Constant is like on board of with all these people. Although he doesn't believe Bitcoin has already won, he's also like <laughs> Bitcoin is, is is the best. He can't change Bitcoin, and I don't know how he. I I don't understand what he what Constant thinks. Like he, he's. His mind is a uh, giant puzzle. Hey, Constant, what do you think about drive chains? <laughs> Don't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask that question. Let's let's end the show like this. Being too too many too many minutes already, and our Zencaster quota is, is expiring. Okay. <laughs> no, that's that's bullshit. We have plenty of time left. What is what are what are interesting? So aside from the 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 zk stuff, what are uh, interesting developments within Bitcoin? That you follow? Arc, definitely. Arc. Like, I'm currently here in San Francisco and uh, I will go back later today to uh, Burak's Hacker House. And um, Super Testnet is also there. And um, a couple other people will also come over. And uh, yeah, I find Arc very exciting. And um, even more exciting you, is Drive Chains. You... Okay. Drive Chains. Sorry? I, I was going to ask about Arc. How do you think it can, can it work? Even, even with all the absurd liquidity requirements um i don't know if they are too absurd um i think there are many um i say um one transaction every five seconds and the the server has to commit funds and the funds have to stay committed for one month yeah, not necessarily that one month is not a, a god-given number it's just like a random number that yeah yeah 
to 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 make an argument. Um, if you lower that number, then yeah, yeah. but you can still like make. I can still send to myself uh, a million satoshis every five seconds. Yeah, that, that is that, that is fat. Like that is. I mean, if if you do that, you can do that, but uh, you will just make the, the the ASP happy, right? Because they really? will charge you their fees. Yeah, of course. How much do they have to charge? I mean, the argument is basically the same as like, oh, I can just spam Bitcoin because I make so many transactions. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, because suppose I have, what would be the fee to make these this kind of transfers not uh, work? Well, the fee will always be the capital cost of the ASP and the cost of operation plus the profit that they want to make. And uh, as long as you are paying them those fees, they are happy because they are making profit. So you don't break it. But it's, um, uh, I'm not sure to what extent it's actually FUD because you can effectively denial of service the, 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 the ARC server. Ah, uh, well, maybe, but they can, they can because detect it's, such, it's way cheaper for you. Definitely. Because it, it needs to, so the, the fact, the fees and stuff, right? It's the time value of money. It has to make that over time and you, it's far easier for you to, uh, um, gobble up all the available quality, uh, liquidity, the arc server has, uh, uh, in time that it, then that it makes it back. And then at that point you are the, the only effective user, um, so now you 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 denial service that arc server. So any other user is not going to either join or use that server anymore. Um, and if you do that enough, then you're uh, um, the arc server is profitable um, mm -hmm. for the time that you're doing that, um, but they are not actually getting any customers. So then. The question is, is that the moment you stop, will it actually gain customers then afterwards? Mm, I think if, you can have the all kinds have... of mitigations against this attack. Like, first of all, you can track UTXOs to some degree. You can also um, slow slow down how how fast they can uh, they can be transferred, so that you cannot transfer them every five seconds. Or that you can do that only five times in a row and then it starts slowing you down but i can um, it, it's supposed to be very private and stuff right so i can just sybil yeah okay the coin join thing is another layer of complexity that uh, i don't think most transactions will actually use that coin join okay um well i uh, i don't think this particular point is very interesting uh, but my, my, my main question in relation to ARC, um, and maybe, maybe you have a response or maybe you can give it to, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Burak? Burak, yeah. Yeah. So his motivation for this system is to make something for like easy and for end users, right? Yes. Okay. Um, but it's, you're still, I, I don't get it because you're still relying on like UTXOs. So you're still going through, so the transaction size, so the minimal viable, so the minimal viable economic transaction size still has to yeah. be whatever the, the free fee rate dictates that the exactly, yeah. transaction size has to be. Yeah. That's so it's why not going I, to be your coffee payments. No. Well, yeah. 
yeah well to some degree it works out but yeah as soon as um the fees will become too high for um small vt exhaust and the system yeah becomes not very usable for that that's why i like drive chains much more <laughs> i just think it's uh it's a long wait i think the, the nice thing about arc is that you can already have some version of arc now you can have it today that's true and i do think it's very it's a very interesting uh uh scheme at least um, yeah definitely yeah and people will, will keep enhancing it and uh, will come up with new tricks to make it even better but i do but i do but still th with this as well is like this is like the prime example of what I talked about earlier is that he approaches the thing for like, I want to make it easy for like the end user. And it's like, he's thinking about the normal guy and then I want to make it easy for him. And he makes a system that if you reason about it, like in the future, it's just not going to be viable for that type of person anyway, but he, it's still an interesting system. And like the Kings well, and the, the States and the, and the central banks or whatever, can still use that system. Uh, but it's not, but but not the normal guy, right? Maybe now in the low fee environment, but uh, well, like if if you really want to pay coffee, you can just have lightning channels in in an arc, right? And um, I, cool I guess thing... that's true. Yes. Yeah. And the cool thing about arc is that you don't have the that inbound liquidity problem really, and um, that you yeah, can can make up channels ad hoc like as you need them, and um, the the arc can provide the ASP can provide you with liquidity. So, so that is interesting, and I think that works to to some degree, yeah. But, but on in general, you're right that I think every system that requires, um, in the disastrous case, some kind of on-chain transaction, is limited by the fees. Like the the fees always have to be neglectable in in comparison to um, the size of your of your UTXO or whatever you have in in that second layer protocol. That's again a, a big reason why why drive chains is so much better, because in a drive chain you can easily have, yeah, way lower fees, and then uh, you can have way smaller UTXOs that are economically feasible. Yep, that that's true for any uh, uh, basically for any sidechain or whatever yes. you can call define sidechain thing. Yeah, uh, whatever scheme it is. That's why I believe sidechains is the solution, or like at least the, the best solution we have currently. Or the best approach. It's I mean it's it's not it's not working yet, so I won't call it a solution, but it's the best approach that we have. Yeah, and then my my point would be it's like uh, <clears throat> it's uh it's something it's like a trade-off you can always make. And I don't think it's the actually important audience that Bitcoin requires. I think something, things like covenants and vaults and just ensuring that serious people with serious amounts, amounts of money and holding serious amounts of responsibility are actually able to use Bitcoin. And we're still not there because it's hmm. just the, the risks are too high. It's just too cumbersome, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So if, if we can get it to where uh, the, the whole be your own bank thing meme actually applies to the people that uh, have the funds 
to be a bank, <laughs> then we're getting somewhere. Um, I think that's, a, that's, I personally think that's and more interesting and actually more important than... Uh, but they can already the use stuff. multi-signatures, no? Okay, yes, but that's only... So the multi-signature stuff is something from the past couple of years, slowly ramping up, the wallets there improving. Um, but yes, it's an important part, uh, but you need, I think the, the, the reactive security thing that vaults, uh, give you, uh, is a must have, hmm. you cannot rely on, 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 um, uh, like defending yourself at the start and then finding out it wasn't good enough. And then, you know, you're fucked. Um, you need something after that as well. So you need both. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Especially because, again, key management is a bitch. Nobody wants to fucking... It's it's just too damn hard. Um, so, yes, you can do a lot of things with keys. Um, but I think uh, having security implemented in the con on the contract side is actually a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, it increases the complexity as well, but yes, definitely. I, I would love to see vaults on Bitcoin. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is the well, longest we, episode. That's ever. not true. We're, it's like one and a half hours. This, oh, maybe, maybe it is the longest episode. Do you have any <laughs> questions for, uh, Fiat Jeff still? Uh, no, I don't. So, do you have any questions, uh, Robin? What's your take on drive chains? <laughs> <laughs> would you would you activate them <laughs> on your node? <laughs> so with this bombshell, we're going to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, I oh, think you guys a... you you guys should inv invite Paul Stark. Yeah, yeah ask constant. Ask constant. Our our producer was like he's producing this show. <laughs> Uh -huh. He's making the website, he's making the podcast available only in the hopes that we will invite Postdoc and Constant. I don't know what he thinks about it. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say what his take on drafting, as you can see. But I think he does. You like, like arguing, no? You like arguing. And I think Paul Stork is one of the best guys to argue with in the Bitcoin field. You you you, you didn't ask me any permission to, to invite Robin. You just did it. Yes. See? Yeah, because yes. I think you, you would find him interesting and interesting topics, but I don't know. I think you if I invite Paul Stark against your your real will you <laughs> I think he just he just agreed. No? He mean I mean he didn't disagree, so that it was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. That's true. What yeah. do you think is the best Bitcoin podcast, uh, Roman, at the moment? Um, I think the Unhashed podcast, for, yeah, except for yours, like next to yours. Um... Have you ever, have you, have you even listened to one episode of this podcast? Yes, I've Wait. listened to your previous episode. <laughs> did you, did you listen to it because Fiat Jeff invited you? <laughs> no, no. I actually I listened to it before he invited me. Ah, um, yeah. How did you How did you find the podcast? He posted it on Twitter. Ah, I see. Yeah. I didn't you fully listen I to it because 
yeah, it was the first time that I heard about it when you posted about it last week, or like even this week. So you you're not good at promoting it. I think it's a very good podcast. I find it very entertaining, uh, but you're not good at promoting it yet. Especially so, the StarCraft stuff is that's like the highlight of the definitely yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. I promoted it on the StarCraft Reddit channel. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah. All right. They have a long history, you know. Isn't there that meme where, like, uh, some some StarCraft tournament in 2014 or so paid, like, I don't know, the, the third place got like a hundred Bitcoin or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's that. <laughs> yeah, last place of the of that tournament. Yeah, <laughs> was a bunch of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, so StarCraft people they they have a long history with Bitcoin, I guess. You didn't so say similar. what's the best podcast. There are a couple ones that I like. Of course, I like Stephen Rivera's podcast. I like the Unhashed podcast, and I like um, Unhashed is not a podcast. I, it's, it's a dead podcast. Yeah, it's unfortunately, podcast. they are not very active anymore. But, but they were like very shitty. I like them, and I like Ruben a lot. And um, yeah, I like some German podcasts, like uh, 21. 21 is great. The German Bitcoin community in general is great. Um, I hope I don't miss any important ones now. Uh, hmm. Okay. Are you planning to go to the Bitcoin Amsterdam conference this year? Uh, good question. Um, I think I'm traveling somewhere. That's the reason I didn't go there. Um, Do you like France? France, like Fr- France, you mean? France. Yeah, That's yeah. The country he's asking. Like? Yeah, yeah. I love France. Uh, I live right <laughs> next to the French border. From my place, I can basically walk to France. <laughs> okay, yeah, and how how much how much of that bo- bo- border should be moved backwards? <laughs> I think it's good how it is. Like the place that I live in, uh, it, it was moved back and forwards. It was like French, then it was independent, then it was German, and then it was independent again, and French and German. And yes, but the so, place uh, name is the place name is German, and the place name of the, the the city neighboring that that city that you're in, that's actually in French territory, is probably also German. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and okay. the people at the French border they, they speak perfectly <laughs> German. Yeah. <laughs> so how much should that border be pushed back? And when are we going to do it? <laughs> that is a tough topic. Like people have been fighting over that for for centuries. I guess like my uh, heritage, like uh, my lineage, uh, they have been in those wars, and I think it wasn't fun. Uh, Many, many people died there for no reason, just because of that stupid border. So, yeah. Fiat <laughs> Jeff, why did you ask this question? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to find more people that hate France. Uh, I, I always hated France, and I, I like to end constant show that he also hates France. But there's still only two people, I guess. Uh, no, I, I like France. I like Paris. <laughs> 
okay. I like French fromage. Sorry, okay, I think we're going to have to team up with you. On, on, on I think we're going to have to cut the, the podcast here. It's too depressing. Yeah. It still has to be posted on YouTube. So, uh. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's end. This is too large. This is the, the biggest. No one's going to listen to this part. Not even the AI from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the AI will be halfway through. It will be, oh my God. <laughs> Can I listen to that? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry, AI. Please don't kill us. <laughs> okay, Constant, please do the, the, the final thing that you do when you end the podcast. You're, you're you're not working today, right? You're just too open. Okay, I'm, I think you, I think I lost you. Okay. No, I I'm I'm waiting for you to say goodbye, and that's where I end the podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks a lot for having me. It was fun.